There is no such thing as that hard, which is what our brain offers us. Doing that thing is hard. And mm-hmm. yet we know we can go find a handful of people, maybe thousands and millions that would say, no, it's not. Here's where we'll kick in and fight for our limitations. And then we're like, well, I've never done it before. Then we start justifying why we need to hold on to the thought that it's hard. Well, I've never done it. Well, I'm older. Well, I have a mm-hmm. bum ankle. Where well, I'm not good at technology. Well, I, like, it's like we go into full on defense mode for why I'm going to yep. hold on to this being hard for me. It's crazy. And we all do it to some extent or another. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Well, hello, and welcome to another amazing episode of the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast. And I am super excited to bring my friend and mindset coach back, Liz Nicholas, because we got so many requests after the last couple of episodes that Liz has been on, because here's the thing. So much of what we are doing as entrepreneurs is not strategy. It's just not. It's the mindset work. And Liz has helped me for years now. Oh my gosh, we've been working together for years and has completely helped me change my thoughts, my life, my business. And there's still work to do if I'm being serious and I'm being honest. Um, This stuff is like going to the gym, right? You don't just go to the gym and get in shape and then you stop. This is constant. So I'm really excited that Liz has agreed to come back and share some more of her amazing tools with us for um, understanding how our mind works and how to how to choose our thoughts that really serve us and help us. So Liz, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Nicole. I always love our conversations. They're always amazing. They're always unscripted. Never know where we're going to go, but always just a deep dive on something. So, so glad to be here. I am too. Well, there's so many times that you and I are chatting and and we're like having this amazing conversation and we're like, this should be recorded. We should do this officially. And so here we are officially doing it because we know some really good stuff is going to come out that people need to hear. So, So let's jump in. There's so many places that we can go, but I love what we were just talking about before we started recording. And it was, I was sharing an idea that I had with you because you were helping me through um, just something that was feeling heavy and hard. Mm. And through having that conversation, something popped in, a download, if you will, popped in. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is a great idea. And I got really excited. And then right away I was like, oh, but how am I going to make that happen? Mm -hmm. And you kind of ripped me right out of that. And more or less said, that's not your business. So, so can you help us through, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs do this. They're like, and they get all excited. They get an idea, but then the heaviness of the how sets in. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do? Because I know I've heard you say many times, the how is not what you are here to figure out. Right. Go with the idea, go with the feeling, right? It's the feeling that's the most important in that moment. Like, Oh, I got a good feeling. I got a good idea. How do we do that? So there are a couple of things. I mean, you're spot on the way you're describing that. It's it's like we get this great idea. We get the inspiration for something. And it always feels sort of magical the way it happens, you know, for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. It's it's like, what happened with us? You're just having a conversation. You're like, you know what? 
and then there's the idea. And it's almost like you you can't even be 30 seconds into that before your brain just wants to go into the strategy part mm-hmm. of, well, how am I going to do it? And who do I call? What are my next steps? And you can feel, if you do nothing else but just feel into that, you can feel the energy changes from the inspiration moment, the idea moment, the what if I did this, this is possible, oh my gosh, that moment, into the like, where do I begin? Where do I go? I've never done this before. I'm not sure what to do. Who do I call? How do I? And so that's the first thing I would want people to notice is, you know, your first indication that you've taken a wrong turn is how you feel. Mm-hmm. And it, it means there's a shift in energy. So when you're in that inspiration, you're in that, oh, my gosh, you want to kind of slow it down a little bit and really just feed into it. You want to give it your attention, the idea that is, and really keep pulling yourself back into, wow, what's amazing about this? What do I love about this idea? What's so cool about this? What's dropping in for me? Like you want to keep holding yourself in that space. And when your brain, and it will, wants to go into how do I do it? Or, I mean, I often will notice that my brain will offer, I don't know how to do it. It's not even a question. It's, it's already an assumption. Uh-oh, I don't know how to do it, right? It's, I will find each one of those breadcrumbs along the path walking toward it if I stay in the higher energy. So when we get into that lower energy, we're like, oh, time for strategy. And we're kind of like nervous, frustrated, unsure, confused. We, we won't see what we need to see. We won't hear what we need to hear. We actually start blocking ourselves. But when we stay in that higher vibe place where we're like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if, and we kind of play that game, then all of a sudden what you need to gather will start to appear. And it'll happen really organically. You know, you'll have another idea. And then somebody will say, well, I know how to do that. Or I know someone that does that. Or I'd be willing to teach you how to do it. Like things will start to gather like cooperative components come together on our behalf when we're in an energy of possibility rather than the energy of doubt. So I, and I love how you just said that the energy of possibility versus the energy of doubt, because that really is the difference. It's like the possibility is when the idea comes in and you're excited yeah. and you've got that yeah. good feeling and you're like, Ooh, this is it. And then when the how, how am I going to do, and I do what you do. Like, I don't know how to do this. Right. Right. That's my, well, you know that that's my, that's my first thought, right? I'm going to beat myself up. I don't know how to do this. And then it's like, it takes you into this crummy feeling of like, Oh, I got this idea, but it's not possible. Yep. Is that, is that fears that are talking to us? Is that like conditioning of like, like, I know I hear voices in my head all the time of like, things that I've heard through my whole life, like, who are you to do that? Or you don't know how to do that. Or you've never been able to figure that out. What is that that takes us to that lower vibration? Is it fear? It's a great, it's a great question. I'd really like to kind of answer it with uh, two things. One, just a visual analogy. And then also just a little bit of brain science to back it up. Because I don't think it's helpful just to identify it as fear. I want everybody to understand. And the work I do with clients is really understanding, not that just that it's fear, but why does it show up? And is it okay that it shows up? Because I think the bigger problem underneath the initial problem of us declaring, well, I don't know how to do that, is that then we decide that it's a problem that we've thought that way. And if we can just understand why our brain goes to that, it's an easier autocorrect. But the first thing I would go back to the doubt and the possibility is I, I just want people to picture it sort of like you're either expanding. When you're a possibility, more is available. So you kind of think of it like, like a funnel that's opening up. When we go into doubt, it's like we're closing it down. Like it's getting smaller and smaller. And you can, that's what it feels like. You're like, 
well, I don't know how to do it. I have to find those like 17 steps to do it. And it just gets really small. Like, like the frame of the picture is shrinking down to something linear. When we're in possibility, it feels like, well, anything is possible. Frankly, everything is possible. I don't even have to know. Like it just feels so high vibe. So here's what's happening. Your conscious brain thinks creatively. It, it has those, you know, drop-in sort of thoughts, those inspirations. And it is only working on your behalf, your conscious brain, 5% of the time. And it's slower than your subconscious brain by like a lot. The analogy I've always heard is that you go about 150 miles an hour in your conscious brain, you go 150,000 miles an hour in your subconscious. So your subconscious can outthink your conscious brain by a lot. It's not even like tortoise and hare. It's beyond that kind of a comparison. And so what happens is you're up in that conscious brain. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I just had an idea. I could do this. I could do that. It all feels so possible. And you take your eye off of that for a second. You know, you, you kind of we're not always completely focused on every single thought. And that subconscious, it's almost like a steamroller. It will just go right into all that default subconscious thinking which is all about saving you, protecting you from doing things. You don't want to get rejected. You don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to put yourself out there. What if you don't know? You don't want to embarrass yourself. Like that's all subconscious programming stuff. And that will come up immediately. And it will come up like a freight train immediately, like very, very fast. And so I, the first thing I want people to know is like nothing's gone wrong when that happens. That is how your brain is hardwired in your subconscious. It is always trying to save you and protect you. And it's like a, it's like a safety valve. Like it's it like, is a safety valve. Yeah. It's like an alarm system. Mm-hmm. And, and it's misreading what's going on. I mean, that part of our brain is our prehistoric primitive brain. And it really was hardwired to save our lives from doing things like starving to death or freezing to death or getting eaten by a wild animal. And so there was, there's a lot of built in fear and hesitation around new things and venturing out and and makes a lot of sense when you think about how dangerous life was back then but now we're just thinking about things like creative ideas like oh i could do this but the lower brain is still going to read that as potential danger because it doesn't have any programs that fit that so it's reading new as danger and so it fires up all of those alarm signals and then we listen And then we react and then we start adding more thoughts to that. That's the override we need to stop. We need to see that that's what's happening, not beat ourselves up, right? Oh my gosh, there I go again. Like there's my subconscious trying to save my life. I see that there's nothing wrong with me that my brain wanted to go into that. I don't need any saving. And I'd really like to go back and think about all those possibilities again. And it's like, it's like a very gentle redirect. And you might have to do it over and over and over because that brain is going to keep kind of freaking out over this new idea, this new, you know, exciting, maybe what if I kind of possibility thing. And that's, and it gets a little bit more complicated than that. But initially, that's how we want to react to those lower brain thoughts is not to panic, not to pretend they're not there, not to push them away, but rather to understand, you know, I always tell my clients, talk to your lower brain, like say, I see you. Thank you. I don't need saving. Literally, it's like a pattern interrupt to do that with your conscious brain to speak to your subconscious brain. Hey, it's Nicole. And while I have your attention, I want to first of all say thank you for listening to the podcast. Second of all, 
I have an incredible opportunity for you, and I want to teach you how to get more clients by having better quality conversations. I'm going to teach you exactly what you need to know to start more conversations, rejection-free, to continue and nurture those conversations, and to turn those conversations into relationships that lead to clients. And we're going to keep it simple. I'm going to teach you the magic words that you need to know to have more influence and impact in all of your conversations which means you'll get the outcomes that you want more often, which means more clients, more cash, and more changing the world, which is what we're here to do. We're here to make this world a healthier place, and I want to help you start more conversations that will help you do exactly that. So join me for my four-week live workshop called Exactly What to Say, where I will be doing exactly that, teaching you exactly what to say to start those conversations that count. So instead of counting your conversations, you're going to be making more of your conversations count. And I cannot wait to share this experience with you. Go to the link in my bio to register and sign up. There are still tickets left at the $650 price. This is an absolute steal of a deal because of what you're going to learn. And I cannot wait to take you on this journey. Yeah. And I think what you said is so important. Like you have to do it constantly. Because yeah. your subconscious brain is, what it's offering you is very familiar. That That's yeah. what I find in my case. And, and I know I'm not the only one. That way of thinking, that conditioning is so familiar. Yeah. And it feels, quote unquote, right. Mm-hmm. And the new stuff feels like, for a moment, it feels good. And then it's, again, the subconscious is like, oh, that's not possible. Who are mm-hmm. you to think that you could do that? You don't even know the next step. Where are you going to find the money to make that happen? Right. How are you going to have those conversations? That, and it's like, and you know, it's it's our subconscious brain. And I would imagine it's from things that we've been fed our whole lives from things oh, yeah. that other people said to oh, us, yeah. where that's just coming in, coming in hot, like 150,000 miles an hour, like you said. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that I used to say when I was a high school math teacher to my, to my students, because like you said, it's, it's, it's happening everywhere at every level of our lives. Well, I, w- I was a math teacher. Nobody really liked math, right? I had a couple handful of kids maybe in every class that liked it, but they'd come in and they'd be like, oh my God, that was so hard. I'm like, it's not hard. It's just new. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard as you were saying that, like the new stuff is just so unfamiliar Yeah. that we don't yet know how to step into it or to go there because we're listening so clearly to our subconscious brain saying it's hard, it's hard, it's hard that we believe that. Yeah. And and to your point, our subconscious is our storage facility for all of our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so all of your limiting beliefs, 70% of our beliefs, even if we had an idyllic childhood, are negative. So most of us didn't have the perfect childhood anyway. 70%, 70% of, our, of our beliefs are negative. Absolutely. And that's, that's like the, the minimum. That's if you had a perfect upbringing and everybody was affectionate and kind and encouraging your entire you know, youth. And that's not what most of us had. So we probably have far more than 70% of our belief system as negative. And so to your point, we have a lot of that programmed in, and that's what the subconscious does. It, it doesn't create thought. It recycles thought. It reoffers over and over and over what our beliefs are. Mm-hmm. And that's really when you hear the concept of like alignment, that's what alignment's about. In order to really get something new in your life, you're going to have to have beliefs that support something new. So when you're using an example, it's such a good example where we're just like, well, that's hard just because it's new. We're, you know, we're being wired early on in life to kind of look at new as hard. But when you think about really young children before they've gotten been super conditioned, 
because we get conditioned by our environment. But when you look at really young kids, like a child learning to walk, they'll get up and fall over and over and over, and they won't get discouraged. They'll keep doing it. They have such a drive to get up and walk or ride a bike or get the spoon in the mouth or any of those things. And then we kind of, the world, we adults, we kind of get our hands on them and we start to sort of program, you know, not intentionally, not to do the wrong thing. We're actually feeding them programs that we were fed, but it's sort of like, well, be careful, not so fast. You don't want to hurt yourself. You know, there's a really interesting statistic that, well, not a statistic, it's a fact. All children are born with the ability to swim. All. Born with it? Born. The second an infant is born, they can swim. Like, have you ever heard about people give birth in water? You're like, I don't think that sounds like a good idea. Apparently, it's a perfectly good idea because the baby can swim. It is our conditioning of children. It's parents saying, be careful around the water. Don't go near the side of the pool. We literally decondition their ability to swim. And then we teach them how to swim again. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is. Yeah. Because there's so much that we probably do that with, not just with yeah. swimming. <laughs> yeah. Like how many other areas are we deconditioning what kids come into this world with? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And we're not doing this for the wrong reasons. I mean, right. nobody's setting out to mess up their kids. Right. Uh, it's a lot of us just handing down what we've been handed because we've got the belief systems that we were given. And so that's what we're passing along. And and that's part of why, why change is so incredibly difficult is we're working with a belief system that we never created ourselves. We just borrowed it from our environment between zero and seven. You know, it's interesting. Um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's, it's on the same topic. So, you know, I do work with Phil Jones and I'm, a, yeah. I'm an exactly what to say certified guide. And so I've been training with him a lot. And one of the things that he says, and, and we all say this in sales, right? If you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Asking is a big part of this. You know, I have clients come to me all the time. And they're like, oh, I don't have any clients. I'm like, well, how many conversations have you started? How many, how many people have you asked to get on a call with you? Oh, yes. well, none. And Phil talks about it from a very early age when, when kids are young. What's a three-year-old going to do if she sees candy yes. when, when she's at the store? Just ask and ask, ask and ask, 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 ask yeah. until yeah. she gets yeah. it. Yeah. And adults in our world, when, when we're that age and we're asking over and over, we, we know that's how we get things when we're three years old or four years old or whatever. Like, I'm going to keep asking. Mm-hmm. But what are adults saying? It's not polite to ask. You're being a pest. Yeah. Like, we feed all these things. And then yeah. when we grow up and we think of, you know, a salesperson and, and asking for what you want, it becomes, oh, that's wrong. That's bad. I shouldn't ask. But it's been conditioned in our minds from a very early age that it was bad to ask. Well, that's how you get what you want. And, and obviously, we have to approach it differently as adults. Like, we're not going to ask, like, the kid, you know, asking for candy. Um, there's an art to it. But it, it's the same thing that we're talking about. We are actually conditioned to believe that sales is bad or asking is bad or, or asking to help somebody is bad because we've been told that that was wrong or that was bad or we shouldn't do that. It's 100%. It's really a perfect example of what goes on over and over and over. We, we are natural uh, when we're born, we are naturally curious, we're naturally innovative, we're naturally imaginative. I mean, this is what young children are like. And in so many ways, we are socialized to lose all of that. And it's mm-hmm. all of those beliefs, like you said, you know, children, my grandparents used to say children should be seen and not heard. And then they would all laugh. And, and, and look, my grandparents were amazing, and they were loving. And it was more like a funny thing they said than it was serious. I mean, they definitely let us speak and all that. But 
But really when you think about growing up and hearing that over and over and over, you know, being said to all the grandchildren, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. Those are messages that we pick up, whether they're delivered with a smile on someone's face or a laughter or, or whatever, that's getting in there. And, and yep. then again, to your point, you don't want to ask too much. You don't want to over talk. You don't want to say like all that gets in there. And then now you're 20, 30, 40, 50 years old and you live according to that program. That's how you, and you don't know about these beliefs, right? When people are like, oh, I've got to find all my beliefs. I'm like, they're in your subconscious. That means it's below your awareness. You can't find the actual beliefs. But what you can do is look at what you are creating in your life. You can look at the results that you're, you know, crushing and that you love and you're so thrilled with these areas of your life. And you can know that you've got programs in your subconscious that support that. You can also look at those areas in your life where you're really frustrated, where you have put a great deal of effort and seen no advancement, where you continually feel like, you know, the result you want is eluding you. And if you look at that, you know that you have beliefs that don't support you making those changes. Mm -hmm. And that's how we really do subconscious work is we first identify what are the areas where clearly we have beliefs that aren't supporting what we want. And then how do I get other ways of believing into my subconscious, which, you know, is the work I do with clients Mm -hmm. in my programs. And there is science and art to rewiring your subconscious brain. But that's the only way real change takes place. We can't just use conscious thought and just have enough desire that it overrides the beliefs that are limiting. We can't have enough action that we take that override beliefs that are limiting. There has to be a change in belief for there to be a change in results. Well, you know what I think, and and I totally get that because that's a big piece of my work with you. What I find to be careful how I word this. What I found challenging about that at the beginning was I didn't even know that these beliefs weren't, how can I say it? They were such non-negotiable accepted truths yeah. that I didn't know that they were actually beliefs I could question. Yeah. I just assumed that they were facts, you know? Yeah. And like one of the, it's, it's funny because um, I have to share the story real quick. One of the first times that I actually was like, wait, is that not a thing that everybody believes? I grew up with a dad who said, don't ever lease a car. Mm, yes. said, you buy a car and you pay it off and you drive it till it dies. Okay. Listen, I love my dad. He's a great person. That's his belief. That's his, his MO, how he handles things. But I accepted that as such a truth yeah. that I thought, oh my God, anybody who leases a car is ridiculously silly. Why would they do that? Because I just accept it. So here I am. I moved to California you know, in my twenties and I meet my friend Danny and we're riding around in his car. He got this new BMW and he had another car. And I was like, did you sell your other car? And he's like, no, I just leased this one. And in that moment, in my mind, I was like, Oh, he doesn't know. He doesn't (laughs) know. Nobody told him like that was my first thought. Is there a thing that he needs to know? How do I say that to him? I'm sitting in this nice new car that he just leased. And how do I, yeah. And, and I didn't say anything in that moment, but I remember that like it was yesterday because yeah. it was the first time that I was like, because here's the other thing, Danny's super successful. He's a super successful guy. And I'm thinking, should I tell him he's so successful? Why would he think that it's okay to lease a car? Well, now it turns out what I know about myself, I'm actually the perfect candidate for a lease. I yeah. am the kind of person other, other than the fact that I drive around the country a lot. 
I like having something new every couple of years. I like having all the new bells and whistles. And that was the first time that I really was like, oh, is that, am I allowed to make up my own belief about this? Right, right. And then you start looking at all these other areas of your life. And it's, again, I don't want to say hard because I don't want you to yell at me, Liz, but it's it's hard (laughs) at first because it's like, these are things that for decades I have not ever questioned. And now I'm questioning them and it kind of feels like, then what the hell has actually been true my whole life? Uh, Very little, actually. It's we're, we're working off everything we're doing. We're working off our beliefs. And beliefs are just thoughts that we have thought over and over and over or heard over and over and over and over. And that's it. And I think it's such a great story and a great example because there was a belief is something you you would never question. It feels like fact. It feels true. I'll take it a step further and say not only do we have beliefs like about leasing cars, we have all kinds of beliefs about ourselves about Mm -hmm. other people, about the world. And again, uh, many of those are not serving us and we accept them as fact. You know, sometimes I'll say to a client in the very, very beginning, and I use this in my programs too, just make a list, you know, where you finish the statement, I am, and write down all the I am, including all the great ones. I'm a great writer. I'm funny. I'm outgoing. I'm not good at math. I'm messy. I'm disorganized. You know, like all that, write it all down. And invariably, they think they're just writing a list about, you know, the portrait of themselves. And they'll say, all of those things are negotiable. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, well, no, they're not. I mean, if you come to my house, you'll see I'm not organized. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, no, I believe you. I believe that if I go to your house, it will not look organized, whatever that means. But I want you to understand that it's the belief that created the disorganization, not the disorganization that created the belief. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, 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 I've always been this way. I mean, for decades, from the time I was a little girl, you can ask my parents. I'm like, oh, I believe I could ask your parents because that's probably where you got it. But here's the thing. As long as you've been believing you're disorganized, you've been disorganized. And as long as you keep believing it, you will be. It and, it's not, and I just have to fight with people about that. Like they, it's like a dog with a bone. They, they will fight to hold on to their limitations. And yeah. say, well, it's really true about me. I really am not good at this. I'm really not good at that. And I have all the evidence in the world. And I never am taking anyone's evidence away from them. I'm just trying to show them that the evidence came from the belief, not the other way around. That is what is so powerful yeah. because it's we're living into what we believe is Absolutely. true about us. And, yeah. you know, even like as you were saying that, it made me think. So I was a high school. We were both teachers. Right. And now we're not anymore. We're entrepreneurs. <laughs> we found our way here. I don't think I would have believed any piece of what I'm doing now in my life 20 years ago when I was still, yeah. you know, doing what I was doing as yeah. a teacher. And as a matter of fact, I had been 15 years in as a teacher and I really wanted to do, and this kind of goes along with what you and I talk about all the time. Like once you have a desire, you need to allow yourself to move into that or else you're going to be miserable. The feelings that you're going to have are, are the resistance yeah. to you yeah. going in that direction. I wanted to be in sales so bad, but I had my list. I, I always say people either have the life they want or they have the list of reasons why not, which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah. All their beliefs justify why they don't have that life. And that was me. I was like, well, I'm 15 years into this career. It's too late to change careers. I'm too old. I've never sold anything. But I mean, every time I would say to somebody, oh, yeah, I'd love to be in sales. They're like, why aren't you? I'm like, and I'd read my list. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's funny because as you're saying that, I'm thinking. 
not only did I have that list, I was so connected to it. I wasn't ever going to let myself go into sales. And then the way the universe works, it opens things up. The breadcrumbs were there, yada, yada, yada. Many people heard my, my story before. Not only was it not too late, was I not too old? And it, But like, I did go into sales and I became number one in the nation. Yes. So like how many times are all of us in our lives sitting somewhere justifying where we are when really we are fully capable of being exactly who we want to be? Like, again, that just came through so true and so clear for me as you were talking. I'm like, I was just sitting in that belief bullshit bucket of mine about why I couldn't do it. And then when I finally let myself go do it, I didn't just do it. I knocked it out of the park. Well, not only was, was I love what you said. Um, that we're either succeeding in our life or we have a list of reasons why we're not. And I would add to that, not only do we have the list, but we are like willing to defend that to anybody. You know, oh, no, no, let me tell you why I can't succeed. No, I'm, I'm positive. Let me, let me show you all of the reasons that I'm handicapping myself. And we will fight for it. We will fight for that. And it's, it's the craziest thing. But what's interesting about your particular story is not only did you have a list of why it wouldn't work, and so you had to have that set of beliefs that had you thinking that you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't. But at some point, and I think you did this fairly unaware of doing it, mm-hmm. you actually, with a little help from the universe, you got an opportunity and then, and I've heard you speak about some of these thoughts, and mm-hmm. then had some thoughts mm-hmm. about why you could be number one. And we've talked about, I mean, to some extent, and it's a beautiful thing, you were really kind of ignorance on fire. Because people were reflecting to you like, oh, sweetheart, like nobody just walks into a sales job their first year with no experience and becomes number one in the country in your company. I mean, honey, sit down. And like that was going on. And so somewhere inside of you, there was another set of beliefs. And I think some of it's probably because you were an athlete that was Mm -hmm. sort of like, did you just challenge me? Did you just like ask me to like, like take a shot, like go shot for shot with you on the court? There was something there because what I know for sure and I know your story anyway, but what I know for sure is that the only way you got to number one is a belief system that got you there. Yeah, That's what got you there. And then you did it again. So it's like, that's what took you there. Did you have to make calls and go out and meet people and do things? Of course you did. But I don't care. You could have said it and you could have done hard work. But if you don't have a program that supports you doing that, it's never happening. Because hard work's not enough. Neither is wanting it. You had some set of beliefs that you kicked into and then it was like game on let's go and that's what you did hey i'm interrupting you real quick because i know you're enjoying this podcast and i know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business you care about the people you work with and you want to help people as a matter of fact you want to help more people but i bet you often ask yourself where am i going to find clients and i've got your answer I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. 
Well, and you said I was ignorance on fire. That's exactly, you know, the story I've told you, I was just oblivious enough to not know what I was up against. And I think that that is something where, you know, when people take too much time and do too much research on something and they, they know too much about it. Yeah. And that builds this belief, this impossibility in their mind. And it's like, just jump. Just go. Easier said than done sometimes. I get it because every new jump, every new experience, every new thing, it's like, oh God, I'm scared again. But then you look back and you're like, but I did that and I figured it out and I did that and I figured it out. But yeah, that was, that was, I would say, now here's the other thing that came through for me as you were saying that it was definitely breadcrumbs and a series of events from the universe that led me into getting that sales job. Mm -hmm. But here's why I was actually willing to go. And this is actually a sales lesson, right? I was so damn uncomfortable in my teaching career. Things had gotten so bad. It was like a miserable, toxic situation. And here's why I say it's a sales career. People will actually stay somewhere that they don't want to be, that isn't comfortable. And they'll justify, like we're talking about with all their reasons, more willingly than they will move towards something that they want. So people will not move to become more comfortable. And the example that I heard that I really like, like, let's say at the end of your day, you're still hair, makeup, fully clothed, and you're just tired, right? You worked hard, you had, a, you had a long day, and you sit down on the couch, and you're like, oh, this just feels so good. You know you'd be a lot more comfortable if you went and put on some different clothes, some more comfortable clothes, maybe took off your shoes, maybe laid horizontally on the couch, you'd be a lot more comfortable. But you're just sitting and you're like, no, nope, this is good. I can stay right here. I don't want to move. Even though you could be more comfortable, you're okay yeah. with staying there. Yeah. And so people will work harder to avoid pain than they will to seek pleasure. That's a psychological principle. That's absolutely 100% true of all human beings. This is why people stay in abusive relationships. And we could take this to the great extreme. This is why people take substances that are going to ruin their lives. And it's not like these people don't know this isn't good for them. It's Mm -hmm. that what's familiar and what I'm used to is what I'm going to stay with. It's what I'm comfortable with. Change is difficult. Change is challenging. And they don't read that pain as great as the, what if I fail over there? What if I leave and it doesn't work? What if I leave and I can't make the money? What if I try and I don't? So that's the greater. Yeah. And they'll avoid the pain. The pain of what's familiar is for most people less painful in perception than something I haven't tried yet. Yeah. And so they stay where they don't really want to be. They stay where they don't want to be and they justify it and they have all kinds of excuses for why that's the right choice. And, and that, we make ourselves miserable. We make ourselves miserable. We hold ourselves back. And then we, you know, justify all of it. We, yeah. we are in our own way. We yeah. are in our own way. Always. Nothing outside of us is ever the reason. It's always the internal mechanism of our own subconscious that's keeping us from a better life. It's our own fault. And I think, um, although I probably shouldn't say that because I know my default is to blame myself for everything, which I mean, essentially we are the creators of our own life, but you're right. We're going to, we're going to stay there. We're going to stay stuck and it's, it's us in our own way. What I really liked that you had said to me earlier today, and I think that this connects with what we were just talking about, everything that's hard in our minds is actually all relative. So this idea that we can't do something or this idea that we're going to stay stuck and, and the analogy that you used that I loved is if you ask a marathon runner, if it's hard to run a mile, no, absolutely not. It's easy to run a mile. If you ask somebody who's never ran a mile and maybe is 200 pounds overweight, if it's hard to run a mile, that well, they're having trouble even getting up the stairs, let alone running a mile. 
So is it the running the mile that's hard? No, it's the way we think about it. Correct. That makes it hard, which is why we are standing in our own way. Hard is a mental construct. It's not a thing. There aren't things that are hard and things that are easy. It's all a mental construct, meaning that we create it. We, we individually, you and I can look at the same situation, assess it. You can say, it looks easy to me, and I can say it looks hard. We can look at another situation. You can say, well, that, that one looks hard to me. I'll say that looks easy. It's always through the filter of what we believe is possible for ourselves. And that's what I was talking to you about this morning is just, you know, there is no such thing as that's hard, which is what our brain offers us. Doing that thing is hard. And Mm -hmm. yet we know we can go find a handful of people, maybe thousands and millions that would say, no, it's not. So, and then we'll, and here's where we'll kick in and fight for our limitations. And then we're like, well, I've never done it before. Then we start justifying why we need to hold on to the thought that it's hard. Well, I've never done it. Well, I'm older. Well, I have a bum ankle where I'm not good at technology. Where I, like, it's like we go into full on defense mode for why I'm going to yep. hold on to this being hard for me. It's crazy. And we all do it to some extent or another. We all yep. do it. And hard yep. is a made up concept. It's yep. hard because we think it's hard. I mean, if you ever thought about what it's like to like go from a crawler to a walker, like no kids should really walk, but they just don't, they're not even capable of having a thought like it's hard. They're just driven to get up and they'll fall down as many times as they need be, pull themselves back up, get banged up, bruised, and they'll still have that will to go forward. And we just lose that with all of these limiting beliefs that we pick up. And then we wind up these frightened adults that thinks so many things are hard, so many things are confusing, so many things I can't do. We're what's in our way. Yeah, we're in our way. You know, what also came through for me with that, the sales coach in me wants to, wants to say, because this is a mindset too, that's too expensive. We all have this, yeah. this idea that like, okay, so too hard is all relative, right? Too expensive is, is relative. And that's a mindset thing too, because we're always reading it through the filter of our own minds. Like if I were to say it's $20,000 a lot of money, it is it's, for a pack of gum. It's $20,000. It's not a lot. It's not a little. It's just a number. It's just an amount. And like you said, what are we measuring it up against? It, it's, it's a lot for a pack of gum, but maybe not. What is that pack of gum? Where did it come from? Who was it? Who chewed it? Who, you know, whatever. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's all the thoughts in our mind, no matter what it is, um, whether we can or can't do something, whether something is too expensive or not. It's all reading from the beliefs that we have in our mind that are on repeat that we're allowed to question it. Well, a lot of people, when you're selling something to people, and, and you know this, you're the expert in sales, but a lot of people, it, it's a knee-jerk reaction. It almost doesn't matter what the price is that comes out of your mouth. You could say something $3,000 or $30,000. Their yep. go-to, because they're not sure what they want to do, is, I don't know, that seems very expensive. It's their go-to response. It's actually, it's just a programmed response in their brain. It has nothing to do with the money. Because you'll sometimes see, and I've seen people do this, they'll say no to something because it's expensive for $3,000. And then they'll say, because I'm, I'm currently doing a $100,000 rental on my house. And you're like, what? So again, it's like, where are you putting your money value? Which is fine. People get to do whatever they want to do with their money. But it's just all how you think about things. All how you think about things. Or you know what they do a lot? And I know you've seen this happen. The $3,000 is too much. But then they go buy three $1,000. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because each of them. Each of the one thousand yeah. dollars, like, well, that's not too expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah. what'd you just do? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Or they buy, or they say no to the three thousand dollar, and then they buy ten, like nine ninety nine. Like they don't even know that they're 
you know, triple spending over. But yeah, yeah. but it's that, that point in their belief system that anything above a thousand is a lot for me. This is my comfort zone. This is my money ceiling. This is my right. belief ceiling around right. that. Yes, hundred percent. Right. So I can buy three one thousands, and that's yeah. okay. Three thousand is too much yeah. for me. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Oh well, this is so good. I could talk and talk and talk forever with you, and I know this is so valuable for people to hear because it, like I said earlier, it's it's not the strategy. I mean, there is strategy to business. But strategy, and you say this to me all the time, and this is what I want people to hear, the strategy means nothing, and it's not going to work if you're not coming from the right energy. Yeah. So yeah. like what we're talking about here is so important to any entrepreneur who is starting growing a business. You've got to be questioning these beliefs because so much of what is in your way is you and your beliefs that you keep perpetuating. Yeah, I like to, I like to say mindset is 90% of success. And I'll stand behind that just from working with thousands of people over the last 15 years. Uh, yeah. Is there action to be taken? Are there strategies to be followed? A hundred percent. I mean, you got to get out in the way of it, right? To, to make money and grow a business for sure. But that is not, when you look at thousands of people and you can see who's successful and who's not, it just, it doesn't shake down to like the people that wanted it the most or the people that were the most deserving or the people that took the most action. That's not the deciding factor. It's the people that can construct a solid belief system that supports them along the way. Because everybody's going to take missteps. Everybody's going to get rejected. Everybody's going to, you know, miss the mark on something, lose the sale. Like that stuff definitely going to happen. Do you have the mindset to keep on going and to support your growth into what's possible for you? And if you don't do that work, there isn't a strategy in the world or an amount of action that can compensate for that. Yeah. There you go. You all heard it. It's the mindset work. And I would say go ask anybody who's successful that you look up to what some of their tips and pointers are. And I guarantee they will say mindset because it's it's got to be a part of it. You know, like from an athlete's perspective, um, you're going to lose games. You're going to lose the ball. You're going to double dribble. You're going to like things are going to happen and it's not always going to go your way. Do you have the mindset, the tenacity, the persistence to believe that you can keep going, that you want to keep going that this, you know? And so I think that always helps me just because I'm a former athlete and I know that that's a big piece of it. So mindset is all of it. It really is. It really is. Thank you, Liz. I always enjoy talking to you. So for all the listeners, please do me a favor, share this with anybody that you know could benefit from it, screenshot it and post it on social media and tag Liz and I would love to hear from you. And if you really love this, subscribe, rate and review uh, the show. I would love that. And Liz, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate you. And um, I know everybody else does too. So thank you. Thank you for hosting me again. I love talking to you, Nicole. Why don't we tell real quick, why don't you tell them where they can find you? I know that they know where they can find me. I'm I'm at the Nicole Kramer on Instagram and um and I'm on Facebook Nicole Kramer. Liz, where can they check in with you? They can find me at my website, LizNicholas.com, or on Facebook. I have a large group and I have lots of free trainings in there. Every single week I'm in there live, every single day I'm there. It's called the Mindset Mastery School for Women in Business. So and lots of free resources over on that Facebook page. So either place, come and hang out with me. Lots of free stuff. You can also download a free training at my website. Awesome. Thank you again, Liz. I loved it. And uh, I know everybody else did too. Thank you for being here. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, 
please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me, and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, HealthySteptsWithNicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.